Hey folks, and welcome to the Did You Know podcast weekly wrap-up. This is going to be the very first one that I'm going to be doing. It's going to be a weekly segment from now on. It's going to go out on Fridays, and this is kind of uh, part of my um, sponsorship that I'm going to be running with eToro, and that we're just going to kind of go over you know, news of the week that relates to the podcast, especially the Bitcoin space. So this is going to be a, you know, a learning experience for both of us. So I'm going to be recording this, actually. I don't actually usually record my episodes uh, video-wise, but you can go to YouTube and watch this um, if you'd like to instead of listening to it. So it's up to you. Uh, for those of you listening, if you'd rather watch it, just head over to didyouknowcrypto.com, click on the YouTube link, and you'll get taken right there. So, um, like I said, this is going to be uh, done in, in part with my sponsorship with eToro. So if you don't know who uh, eToro is, is they are a wonderful and, you know, just a superb and, you know, for Bitcoin space is really kind of a historic uh, trading site. They predate Bitcoin and uh, they offer a lot of really, really neat stuff. So for, you know, Bitcoin fans, you know, it can be hard to, you know, find um, a place where you can if you're wanting to trade and buy and sell Bitcoin, where you can trade and plan, um, discuss strategy, kind of learn ways to do it. Uh, I personally, you know, don't trade a lot, but I'm, you know, always open to learn uh, a lot of, you know, different new ways to earn Bitcoin. And trading is a great way to do that. And if you're wanting to trade, you really need to learn how to do it correctly. You need to study under people who know how to do it. And eTOR is a great place. It's kind of a, almost a social media community of traders. And this is kind of a place where you can do all these things, trade plan, discuss the strategy. And actually Europe has had this platform that, you know, you could do all that sort of stuff uh, for a very long time. Uh, and it's called eToro, my sponsor, and it's the world's number one social trading platform. And not only does it give you access to the most popular uh, crypto assets on the market, but its virtual trading and discussion features let you discuss and test strategies with a community of over 11 million other traders. And guess what? They're now available in the United States, right? Uh, the majority of my listeners are in the United States. It's about 90% actually. Um, I'm hoping to actually grow a little bit more worldwide, but those who are, who have been outside of the United States have been able to access eToro this entire time, but now all of us in the US are actually able to. I tried to actually a couple of years ago and because I'd heard good things, but I, I tried to log in and it was like, you know, geoblock. I could not get in there because I'm US, but now you can. Um, they offer the smartest trading tools and the ability to connect with the best traders around the world. And they have very transparent trading fees, and they're they're really really low. Um, and it's easy to use in their app. You, so if you want to get started, just go to eToro.com. Or what I'd really appreciate is if you guys would go to DidYouKnowCrypto.com/eToro. That's DidYouKnowCrypto.com/etoro. If you go there, it'll direct you to my affiliate link. But I'm not doing that specifically because I want, you know, there's a little bit of a kickback for money. But what it really does is it tells, that's how they're measuring my metrics. And that's how they're telling how many people am I sending that way. So if you're going to sign up for eToro, if you've been thinking about signing up for eToro, just learning how to trade or wanting to buy and sell Bitcoin and just kind of see how to trade, go to didyouknowcrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O. 
O-R-O. And they've got some really, really interesting stuff. So uh, they've got 15 of the most popular digital currencies. Uh, they also have you know regular stock and market trading. They have real-time prices, stats, and news. You can really, it's very simple to track your portfolio and your trading positions and instantly know your profit and loss uh, by total portfolio and individual assets. Um, so just a little bit of history. They were founded in 2007, which is even before Bitcoin was even released. Uh, they've been doing uh, Bitcoin and other crypto-related trading since 2013. Uh, like we said, there's over 10 million users. Uh, there's over 20 million crypto transactions and 140 countries are um, supported. So they have very low fees, low commission or no commissions. They have no minimum fees, no hidden fees at all. And they've got some really cool stuff. So uh, one of the, the things I really think is cool is the virtual trading. And this allows you to try it out. So if you're new to trading, don't just go jumping in, right? It would be better for you to learn don't get FOMO. Don't think that you have to initially, you know, you scrape together a few thousand dollars or whatever. You took 10 grand out of your uh, retirement funds or whatever. Don't go and just start trading if you don't know what you're doing. eToro offers some very innovative things. Virtual trading is my favorite thing I think that they offer with their copy trading probably may uh, supplant that here in just a little bit, but uh, that's coming up very soon. Virtual trading allows you to create virtual profiles and you can hone your own strategies. You can test out other people's strategies that you may be learning. So you can get a hundred grand in virtual money and you can trade all these digital assets, uh, you know, and, and test your strategies, test, you know, am I reading the charts right? Am I doing all this stuff? You know, whatever it may be that you're a little bit weak on, you can test it there. And that way, if you, you know, are consistently making money and it's working, then you know that your strategy is good. You can start to ease that into your actual money. If you're losing money, you get, that's a better way to lose is lose virtual money. This helps you turn bad trading into good trading. Um, they also have copy trading. This is going to be very cool. So you can look at top-based traders and look at their past performances, their risk scores, and you can allocate portions of your funds to copy their trades. This is gonna be coming out here probably in the next, I believe it's 30 to 60 days. Um, and actually, if you get very good and become a popular trader, um, and you'll get, uh, if people are copying your trades, you can actually earn extra income. So you'll actually get a percentage of the amount of money that people put towards you, right? So if somebody has like $100,000 or whatever, you'll get a portion of that total money that they are investing kind of almost as if you're a hedge fund in a way, but kind of a, a virtual um, independent, um, um, you know, hedge fund, I guess, of, of, of uh, individuals that are, that are trading on there. So if you get really good, you can actually have make money off of people just copying what you do. And it's uh, got more currents. It's better than uh, Coinbase. It's better than Robinhood. It's got more features. And I, I really think you guys are going to love it. So head over to digitalcrypto.com slash eToro. That's E-T-O-R-O. And um, I think you guys are going to really like it. And I'm going to start uh, introducing a little bit of, of, of um, you know, some videos of me playing around with it here soon. So uh, head over there and, and show some love. So let's now go over to um, the news of the week. So the biggest news of the week is probably going to be the INX token um 
thing that came out, I believe it was Mike Dudas over at the, at the block who released, um, and let me look and you'll have to, this will be very much Joe Rogan-y, but I will be Jamie and Joe Rogan. So you'll hear a little bit of typing here. Um, so let's look and, and see uh, what this originally was. So uh, the crypto trading platform INX uh, was is going to be a um, trading platform, and it's going to be uh, it's raising 130 million through a security token IPO registered with the SEC, and but it is going to um, going to be tokenized is is the thing, and this was. I know that the, that Mike is. Uh, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other on on the man. I don't have enough personal um, experience with him to really um, feel that you know one way or the other. So you know these things change as you start to get uh, more into um, a lot more discussions with the, with these people. But I know there's some hard feelings. But anyways, I can't find it. But it was revealed in the in the SEC filings um, that, let's look here. Uh, there was, you know, people like Fluffy Pony, Charlie Lee, um, Samson Mao. Um, let's look here as well. Um, Elena Voronova of, uh, of, you know, you know her from um, um, Trezor and now over at Casa, Samson Mao. I think I already said, oh, he, why is he on here twice? But anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, Jameson Lop as well. Um, and they are um, they are listed on here as as investors. Although, let's look here. So it was 250000 at, what's it, one cent per token? Oh, so we're talking like, thousand fifteen hundred dollars to twenty five hundred dollars it looks like that that was being raised i don't know it's, that seems low but um anyways oh invested amount in dollars oh so these oh the um so uh elena jameson and samson are advisory board members who are given like basically fifteen hundred dollars twenty five hundred dollars worth of tokens and then looks like samson invested about a hundred thousand dollars Fluffy Pony about oh gosh almost a million dollars wow that's that's quite a bit Charlie about one hundred two thousand dollars but anyway so this this made a big splash and my initial reaction was uh, to be quite disappointed I guess in a way um, in the way that the, some of these people uh, you know their their public pronouncements and um, so, you know, like uh, Fluffy Pony and Charlie Lee are not necessarily, uh, obviously not Bitcoin maximalists because they work on Litecoin and Monero. But in terms of their opinions on Ethereum, uh, I, I, a lot of these folks are very much against these, you know, Ethereum and what it does and what it stands for. And just kind of the concept of tokenization as well as a lot of these assets. And so it was quite disappointing to to see people, especially like, uh, Samson, who blocked me on Twitter a while ago, and you know I don't feel one way or the other about him, but um, especially him, um, who's taken such a maximalist uh, line per se, and uh, so I, I was very uh, you know disappointed and just kind of um, you know tweeted about the hypocrisy of it and things like that, 
And I still do feel it is hypocritical in a way, especially that it's an ERC-20 token and, and all this kind of stuff. But um, I was talking with some folks. I'm not going to you know name them. It's not like I'm trying to name drop or be cryptic, <laughs> pun intended, uh, about this. But, you know, a little bit more discussion, put a little bit more context on it. Um, this is a couple of years ago. And this was before uh, Jameson kind of became more of a Bitcoin only guy. Um, and, and some of the other folks have, you know, definitely not always been Bitcoin only, but the, 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 the real sticking point for me, and I kind of loosened up a little bit on my kind of outrage of, of this whole deal and, but uh, a little bit, but I do still feel it's a little bit, it's a little bit goofy. And especially, you know, you can't to bash Ethereum as being a junk project and to bash tokenized assets per se um, in general as being junk. Excuse me. And then go and participate in an ERC-20 token. Um, yes, it's an IPO. It's not necessarily an ICO. But if you're going to do an IPO, I, I think it was Mr. Hoddle, and uh, some other folks have brought up then if it's, if it's going to be an IPO or registered security, you don't need a token. Then you have a legal agreement and you can literally just have this on a, on a ledger, on a physical ledger. There, there's no there's no value add for having it as a token uh, dispersion or anything like that. So um, anyways, that that was kind of the bigger news. And so we had a few other things. Of course, we had the price, the price movements uh, dip below. Uh, 10,000 and let's see the 100 day uh, Bitcoin's defense I'm looking at the CoinDesk article uh, Bitcoin's defense of the 100 day moving average and a bullish divergence uh, indicates a uh, scope for a minor price bounce at 10,300 um, and uh, there's still expected drops maybe um, down into the nines but you know, it, it just kind of depends on on what your outlook is and uh, where you you know your focus is on in your investments, right? Um, I am a personally, I've gone from being a, a multi-corner type of person to really only thinking that the only thing of value and long-term value in this space is going to be Bitcoin, and that could change. I, I do. That's where I diverge a little bit with maximalists and that I'm still open to the concept that there is uh, other assets that could be of value. Or I guess the individuals investing in INX token believe so as well. But I am open to it. But I, I believe that the the meme value, the philosophical value of Bitcoin. And I, I think that that there's that there's inherent um, nature of Bitcoin that no other token has, that no other coin or token can can get. And if you are looking for long-term value in Bitcoin, um, then if you're looking that Bitcoin will have a longer-term higher value, then it makes sense to hold. Uh, if you are uh, learning how to trade, if you're good at it, um, if you have good risk tolerance, uh, then you can absolutely make more Bitcoin and more money over time trading. So um, it's just something I don't do. I did a little bit in 2017. It turned out that I needed a lot more practice uh, to really be successful at it. And it's just something that I don't personally do because I, you know, I have so much other stuff going on um, that it's very difficult for me to divert, uh, to, you know, get the amount of time that I need to really do that. So, you know, 
Bitcoin, uh, you know, has been has been holding within the nine to ten thousand dollar ten thousand dollar range, which is still quite good. And you know, we'll see what the rest of the year has for it. You know, to me, when you when you start to play around with the concept of having a long term view of Bitcoin, then it, the the price movements in the short term um, have less um, panic for you. And you should never be whether you're trading or hodling or whatever you're into and whatever you do with it. You should never be exposed to the point and be taking risks to the point where, you know, these big price drops that, you know, are going to happen, cause you to have a heart attack. Right. Uh, then you need to reevaluate your risk. Uh, another news thing for this week was Patrick Burham. He's the uh, CEO of Overstock. He's been a big Bitcoin advocate for a lot of years. And uh, he was one of the it was basically, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was. Was it 2013 or 2014? I'm trying to remember when Overstock started to take Bitcoin payments and it was the first like big company. Um, and and that them doing that in particular kind of taught me about the clickbaity news cycleness and Bitcoin uh, in the Bitcoin news space, which has gotten better. But, you know, anytime that there's a, you know, I remember back when Bact was announced and Bact's going to allow Starbucks. Starbucks is going to start taking Bitcoin and Litecoin. That was not, excuse me, that was not the case at all. They were going to implement a, a system that would allow you to pay through that system with Litecoin, but to Starbucks, it just looks like you're paying with cash right and and you know people jump up and down and say oh well mass adoptions right around the corner right well i remember the same things being said uh, when when overstock was um was first uh, you know announced this like oh well overstock's doing it next it's everybody's going to be coming to do that and we have to remember that this is a very slow grind and um and these things these big jumps what we're talking about with adoption i think is one of those um I believe it was Ernest Hemingway that that said um, I can't remember the context, but uh, that that it happens uh, uh, slowly than all at once. And I think that's the way that we're going to kind of look back at and we're going to be in the middle of that. If you're in Bitcoin, we're going to be in the middle of it. You don't see it. Right. It's the same way as like raising kids. You don't really see how much they're growing on the day to day. And as a father, I really relate to this. But when you look back at a video that was like two, three years ago, which is really not that much time, like it's it's crazy to see how much change has happened. That's what we're going to be doing. We're not going to realize how much jumps that we're making until afterwards, right? Um, next story, uh, U.S. Treasury blacklist Bitcoin Litecoin addresses of Chinese drug kingpins. So OFAC, which is the Office of Foreign Asset Control, the part of the U.S. Treasury Department, they are the ones that have anything to do with kind of a lot of the AML, any money laundering, anti-money laundering stuff that we have to do um, is, is due to OFAC. And so when you get your, when you go to Coinbase, right, and you, you have to take a picture of your ID and send that in, they're checking it against OFAC list. Make sure that you're not somebody that's being listed as a terrorist or international drug dealer or something like that. And they have sanctioned three Chinese nationals. And they're, this is... I just, I love these stories, right? When they did this not too long ago with some known Iranian ones. Um, so they've sanctioned three Chinese nationals and their cryptocurrency addresses, alleging they violated money laundering and drug smuggling laws. So if they are narcotics traffickers and drug kickpins, as they've been accused of, um, 
then more than likely they are engaging in money laundering because you can't just go to the bank and say, oh, yeah, no, I'm a drug kingpin. That's my business, right? But this just shows that what we are still seeing is, and it's still, it's good. It's good for Bitcoin when we see old solutions being applied to new technologies. Sometimes it hinders, sometimes it just shows how ineffectual that these systems are. And trying to blacklist like these, you know, the, the, these sorts of regulatory agencies, they move very slow. They have all immense power and um, it's like an old millstone, right? It, it grinds slowly, but it grinds very fine. And you need to be very, you know, those of us, you need to be very careful about uh, um, not falling afoul of any of these things. But uh, of course, but, you know, anybody who has been in Bitcoin for more than a couple of weeks will know, okay, so let's just say if I was a drug dealer, it's not like I, I you know, I, I published these. So it's going to be addresses that they've, you know, from other people that they've rounded up and said, where did you send your Bitcoin to? you know, to, to pay your boss and they're going to show, you know, X address. All these guys are going to have to do is just start it, you know, like they just create a brand new one. It takes that much now that all this work um, is, is totally useless. So uh, it's it just kind of shows that whether that it these are either they understand that this is ineffectual and they're just doing it as a show of force or they really don't understand how ineffectual these sorts of things are. So it's always interesting to see. Um, it's really interesting to see these sorts of things. So, I mean, I'm looking at these, like at these addresses and, um, let's look how much they've, uh, uh, one has received 99 Bitcoin, 108 Bitcoin, 15 Bitcoin. Um, you know, it's, it's just very, uh, six Bitcoin, two Bitcoin. Like it's not, these are not major addresses or anything like that. Um, this is pretty funny. Oh, here's a Litecoin address. Received a whole Litecoin. Wow. Uh, quite a, uh, wow. Yeah, quite a drug kingpin there. So anyways, that's just, you know, one of these interesting stories. There's uh, another one. So uh, the Miles Reward uh, tokenization uh, continues. So Miller Lite teams with a blockchain firm for customer engagement games. So they... Miller Lite is a popular beer brand for those of you who may not be in the United States um, from the U.S. Brewer, brewer Miller Coors. And they teamed up with a blockchain marketing company for the Know Your Beer program. And uh, they're building mobile edutainment games. And they're serving 12-question quiz to cell phones, geo-targeting customers in over 230,000 bars, across the US players answering all 12 questions correctly get a $5 prize that can be used to purchase Miller Lite uh, 10,000 prizes will be paid out over PayPal in the uh, in the campaign that runs in September it's just uh, it, you, it's using non-fungible tokens within the game to then be turned in to be paid out over PayPal I, I, I don't uh, you don't need a blockchain for this you absolutely don't need a blockchain for this. You could do this on uh, through through a Facebook ad, and um, existing you know marketing technologies. It's just this is this is buzzwords, uh, and I'm not I'm not um, you know throwing shade on on Vedum Labs and what they're doing. Um, it's you know it's, if they're able to land an account 
like uh, Miller Lite, then they they must you know know their their job and must uh, do very well with what they're doing. But this is just the problem of of thinking that you know that blockchain. If you just put everything on a blockchain, it'll be fine. Can you run a non fungible token for rewards programs? Absolutely. Um, but do you need a blockchain for it? No. Like the the, the main point of doing some sort of tokenized value, right? Of having value on a blockchain uh, is so that you can secure it with proof of work so that you you can solve you solve the devil spend problem you don't have to worry about you know people going around and using the same you know valued token or coin over and over and over again uh, if, if you're going to be doing and i'm guessing this is just a permissioned um, blockchain or some erc20 token or something along those lines it's 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 unnecessary there's no reason to do that uh, there's no reason to add the complexity of an erc20 token of paying the gas on ethereum and all that when you can just run this thing through a traditional marketing campaign geotargeting um facebook users geotargeting snapchat you well snapchat skews younger you wouldn't want to do that so uh facebook instagram would probably be the best one because those are going to be the 20 to 50 year olds who are probably going to be and really Miller Lite, uh, Miller Lite is probably going to even skew older. So it'd probably be even better on Facebook because uh, Facebook skew is much older. And um, unless you're trying to get a younger demo by giving them out prizes. So that, that might be their strategy as well. But anyways, you could do all this on existing technologies. Like you don't need to do this. The reason Bitcoin is, as you know, actually started to make you know get inroads and, and grow from a niche of cyberpunks to political activists to just average mom and pop um and though it's relatively quite small really in the scheme of things the reason it did is because it filled a need this need for a non-centralized money and um nobody was going you know i wish that you know uh, my pepsi if you guys remember pepsi points right you'd um drink pepsis and on the labels there would be like a pepsi point around 220 ounces there's like two or three pepsi points you would cut these out and um and sorry um you'd cut these out and with that you'd you'd send them in um to um get prizes and things like that and hold on just one second here And you take these Pepsi points. Sorry, those um, I'm recording. So this this uh, this podcast is done in my basement, and um, I've made these mobile. These are actually on wheels. I, these little. I don't know if you could see this on the on the camera here. So let's let's see if you can. Um, if you see a little bit here, you uh, built like these two by fours, two by threes, and then I filled them with uh, uh, acoustic foam and stuff. And this way, kind of quiets it all down uh for uh, whenever i'm doing these whenever i'm doing the podcast and and um usually i do it uh, at a time of night when my kids are asleep and and uh, you know everybody kind of gets quiet upstairs while i'm doing this but they're actually setting up for a birthday party tomorrow so uh, there's some chairs getting scraped and i didn't know if that was picking up on the mic so anyways that's why i stopped there for a second 
But anyways, go back to Pepsi points. Pepsi points where you'd cut them out, you'd collect them up, and you would send them in. You could get like a hacky sack for like 20 Pepsi points and beach towels and all this other kind of stuff. And I remember my cousin, the one of the summers they were doing, we would go around in the morning. And when I was visiting my cousins in Wisconsin, we'd go around um, to all the recycling bins or all the trash bins, and we'd find all the Pepsi bottles, and we'd cut out the Pepsi points. And I had, like, hacky sacks and some other stuff. I can't remember. Um, but to digress for a little bit further, there was uh, at one of the commercials – it was all this stuff, and then at the end, this Harrier, which is a uh, Royal um, Marine Corps from the British and the U.S. Marine Corps, both use it, and it's a jet fighter, but it can um, uh, vertical takeoff and landing. It can go up and down. It doesn't need a um, a runway, it, 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 or it should. It only needs a very short runway. It can take off and then and then kind of go off. But anyways, it landed in the commercial and said one million Pepsi points, right? But there was no, and this is why you always see these things at commercials now, that will fine print at the bottom, right, or whatever. And uh, uh, with these rewards programs, you'll also notice whenever you look at these sorts of things, they'll say, like, um, can be redeemed for, um, you know, or it's, it has to actually have a cash value. So it's like one one-thousandth of a cent. And Pepsi Points also offered with no, no maximum that you could buy Pepsi Points. For like a dollar a point or 50 cents a point or something like that. Um, and this guy, so like if you had 50 Pepsi points, but you need 55 to get the thing that you wanted, you could send in the 50, 50 Pepsi points at five bucks and then they'd send it to you. Well, this guy goes and if I don't remember if it was a dollar Pepsi point or whatever, and he buys a million Pepsi points, gets them, goes to Pepsi immediately and says, I want my Harrier. And they laughed at, you know, like, ha, 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 you know, like this. Yeah, funny. That was just in the commercial, buddy. Uh, but he persisted. And obviously, Pepsi cannot buy a military um, tactical aircraft completely outfitted as shown in the commercial uh, with, with uh, Sidewinder missiles and, and other uh, Javelin uh, missile pods and stuff like that for close air support. So they ended up having to pay out a pretty sum uh, for, um, for, for damages, or I don't know how it was determined, but uh, false advertising. So, But anyways, to get back, and I've always said I should call my, my podcast, I digress, to get back, the, the Pepsi points thing works fine. Like these reward programs where you go and you enter the thing under the cap, you know, work fine. There's no need to blockchain it. You can do, do all these things with a centralized database because at the end of the day, these ERC-20 tokens or permission blockchains that they're using are the exact same thing. They're just adding a level of complexity so that they can catch a buzzword. So with all that being said, buzzwords are important in marketing. That's why they're using it, but don't get too excited when you see these sorts of things. Um, I didn't see any other real big stories. Oh, um, this was kind of neat. It's kind of a smaller thing, but uh, I have been enjoying using Lolly, uh, which is a way you can earn Bitcoin rewards. I'm not affiliated with them in any way, although at some point I would like to be. Uh, but it's it's a really neat thing. It doesn't work mobily, uh, mobily yet. It doesn't work on mobile uh, yet, but you, it's, you get a... Um, extension for your browser and see like right now I'm going to log in and once I log in um, 
I'd log into to Lolly and then um, I can activate rewards. So I go to start shopping and let's say I want to go to, is that Harry's razor? So you go to Harry, I think this is Harry's razor. And um, you go through their, um, through their website and you can get, you know, for Harry's it's between four and a half to 27% back Bitcoin. And whenever you go to a website that offers it, like I think it was on H&R Block the other day, and it showed up and says, uh, whenever you go to a website that offers it, it a little pop-up comes up and goes activate, you know, for H&R Block up to 16% Bitcoin back. You just click it and it activates it for you, which is pretty cool. So it almost acts uh, almost similar to a promo code. Um, and when you go and you order whatever it is that you're going to order, it allows you to, it, it just does a promo once uh, it sends the information um, from the company to Lolly. And once they verify after a certain period of time that you did buy, you didn't return it or anything like that, it gives you your Bitcoin back, which is pretty cool. And what, where was it? Okay, so Postmates, which is a uh, delivery service, and um, they, uh, let's look here. So they're now, um, Lolly's now offering um, uh, Bitcoin back through Postmates. So you can get food, uh, food, food, drinks, groceries. Uh, you can, you know, get something like a Chipotle or um, Whole Foods or wherever you shop. I don't live in a place that has either Chipotle or Whole Foods. So, uh, but if that's, if you live in a bigger area, you know, you can get companies like that. 7-Eleven, whatever it is that you want. And Postmates is, you know, it's kind of like Uber Eats or whatever, you, you know, whatever you may be familiar with, they will go and pick it up. They deliver it to your house and uh, you char you pay a premium so that you don't have to leave your home. But with Lolly now, you can actually get um, Bitcoin rewards and it's, it's a very cool program. Um, it's a way, you know, for you to find, um, it's a way that you can find, um, you know, uh, ways to earn Bitcoin shopping where you already shop. And the last story that we will talk about is uh, a White House. The White House issued two advisories on drug purchases. Uh, drug pur purchases. I don't know why I can't talk tonight. Um, in the U.S. on Wednesday, and the uh, the advisories addressed ad man really addressed to both financial institutions and digital payment payment platforms state that um, basically they're saying crypto can be used, can and is used to buy these illicit substances like fentanyl on uh, clear, deep, and dark nets, which I, I really find, you know, they're issuing these advisories saying, well, be careful, right? You can buy fentanyl, uh, which, you know, we need to end the fentanyl epidemic. And it's 80 to 100 times. Like, so fentanyl is a painkiller. It's 80 to 100 times stronger than morphine. And it, it's amazing to me that you know you're worried about the way people are, are going to buy fentanyl when when this is a fda approved and it's, it's a drug that's more addictive more deadly than the previous painkillers that we already had an epidemic with and then they release this thing onto the streets for people to you know be prescribed and then they wonder like it, it causes another epidemic and then it's now, oh, well, be careful. Bitcoin can allow you to buy this thing that, you know, that we've pushed out on <laughs> into the markets. Um, 
also the fact that it's it's a schedule two. So if you don't know how drug schedules are, schedule one is um, things that have no medicinal effect and are highly addictive. Schedule two is highly addictive but has some medicinal use. So, and just funny enough that marijuana is actually listed as being um, uh, highly addictive and no medicinal effects, while fentanyl actually carries a lesser sentence. So, you know, that's that's always fun. That's always fun. Um, but yeah, so... Anyways, I, I just found that to be to be very uh, interesting. Eh, I maybe shouldn't end this episode on such a, a sad note, um, but but uh, I guess it's not sad. It's just indicative. It's it's it should be important um, for us to recognize these recurring themes within Bitcoin. This was one in 2013 that was used to tar uh, Bitcoin and and uh, you know that it was used for um, dark markets and terrorism. And that kind of fell away um, as bigger institutions started to leverage Bitcoin and experiment with it a little bit. Uh, that has started to fall apart, uh, fall away, but it's still there. You'll still see this these themes recurring, and I don't know how it, it, they will come back again. I don't know how. I have a feeling on how that's going to play out in the future, uh, but uh, I think that's going to be more tied to a Libra, uh, more a Libra or Libra-like currency that becomes the approved blockchain payment rail. Uh, and Bitcoin will, I think, be once again, at some point, um, attacked as the the dark bad one, right? Uh, but that's just a feeling I have, and that's just kind of uh, more of more of where I see things going. But uh, but anyways, we're running into 40 minutes now, so that's, that's a long uh, crypto recap. Uh, for the for the week, so I hope you guys enjoyed these. I'm sorry if it was a little stilted. It was a little um, uh, not as well organized as I would like. I'm, I'm basically I, I was going to try to put together a format, but I didn't want to you know try to make this in real format. I kind of want to jump in, just see how this feels, uh, and see how it all came together, and uh, you know see how I want to do this differently in the future. And, and I think I will. And this is going to be more of a freewheeling one where with my interviews with people, I do a lot of research on those individuals and I kind of go through, I kind of have a set list of topics that I want to cover. And I go through a lot of these conversations in my head before I talk to them. So I kind of have a good idea of where I want to go with the conversation. With this is going to be more freewheeling. I'm not going to be as structured. And I hope that you guys enjoy that a little bit. It's kind of a... Um, um, uh, yin to the yang of, of the more structured interview uh, segments that I, I do every Monday. So just uh, hit me up on um, on social, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just go to digitalcrypto.com. You can find the lists of all that, and you'll find where I'm at on on um, on Twitter. I'm mo most active there. It's at d-u-s-t-i-n-d-r-y-1-s-t. That's d-u-s-t-i-n-d-r-y-1-s-t. And like I said, you can find all my um, find all my uh, social media links there. Uh, just stay tuned for all of my episodes. Well, I'll have another one dropping Monday, and this will be going on every Friday. And once again, uh, for the last um, thanks, I'd like to give to eToro and their sponsorship of this podcast uh, for the next six months, which was very generous of them and very good for them to trust. You know, in a brand new uh, podcasting uh, marketing. And sponsorship relationship they are a great company for you to buy sell trade uh, bitcoin and other crypto assets and also a great place for you to kind of learn 
watch the pros. You can look at what their allocations are. You can participate in discussions and strategy trading. Uh, just go to digunocrypto.com slash eToro. That's digunocrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O. And actually, my final thanks will be to you guys, all the people watching, listening, whether it's now or in the future. And I really appreciate you guys. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing any of this. I wouldn't have sponsors. I wouldn't uh, be recording all the time. So feel free to reach out. I mean, I, I know that sometimes, you know, you try to talk to other podcasters on social and reach out via email or comment or DM. And uh, sometimes they don't get back to you. A lot of times it's just because they're busy. Um, I will make time to talk to you. So if you take time to comment, if you take time to retweet, to give me your thoughts, um, I will give you my time to, you know, return the favor. So just feel free, reach out at any time and um, have a great night. Hope you're doing well and we'll see you soon. 